the waning days of 2019, something new was discovered in the crowded markets of mainland China. This discovery would first be denied by the Chinese government, and those that discovered it would be silenced. But over the next few months, this discovery would spread, affecting thousands of individual people in that nation. As recent as the beginning of March, just three weeks prior to me recording this episode, the U.S. president was still denying the serious nature of the discovery. What was discovered, of course, was COVID-19, which stands for Coronavirus Disease 2019, but known in those first few months as the Wuhan virus, eponymous for the epicenter of the outbreak. But it wasn't just Wuhan nor China that would be affected. As we all currently know and are experiencing, this new virus would spread rapidly across the globe with the numbers of infected and dead climbing each day. Even within just the previous 10 days, things in the United States went from being cautious but practically unaffected, to having every major college and professional sport being canceled, airlines shuttering upwards of 60% of their flights, major cities like New York and San Francisco undergoing some form of sheltering in place, the stock market tumbling to near-recession-era levels, and even just within the last few hours, announcements being made that naval hospital ships are on their way to major cities, the U.S.-Canada border is closed to non-essential travel, and U.S. census workers are being pulled from the field. It seems eerily similar to an apocalyptic film like Contagion, or the beginning of a show like The Walking Dead. But it's real. And it's weird. And I have no idea how or when it will all end. We are all literally living through a major piece of world history. I'm Dustin Durham. You're listening to the podcast, This is Super Cool. And this is a pandemic interlude. Hey guys, so I am currently walking through my neighborhood here in Knoxville, um, the neighborhood of South Knoxville, from my house to our local park, which is about a 10-minute walk to our riverfront park, and um, just taking in the clouds are um, really dark, because we're supposed to get some like really gnarly storms tonight. Um, it's the first day it's felt like a real spring, but obviously it's weird, because it's like, I don't know, it's not like it's hollowed out because this isn't a super dense neighborhood. I mean, our main street here um, in South Knoxville is kind of empty, obviously, because no one's at the bars or anything, but I don't know, you can just feel there's this kind of ominous um, tension uh, because of this pandemic. So anyway, um, yeah, this episode is just going to be 
kind of about that and what we're experiencing. But um, I guess first, let me update you on kind of where I've been. So my initial goal had been to make this podcast for fun and to record enough episodes so that I wouldn't get behind. And then I had a bunch of stuff happen at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. That just did. It just put me behind. I uh, started to have some, and I think I maybe mentioned this briefly a few times in the show, but like I had massive panic attacks for the first time. Started to have to take some anxiety medications, which if you've never been on them, try them. They're amazing. Threw out my back randomly in December, had massive back spasms, and had to go to PT, barely walked essentially for the last two months, and then I had a huge opportunity for work that was fun and great, but caused me to put all of my time towards that. So, and that just ended last week, so I haven't had any free time, even if I wanted some. So now we're in the middle of this pandemic for coronavirus, for COVID-19, and I thought, you know, well, it's a great way to kind of get back into it, um, because I do want to keep doing this podcast even if it's just, you know, a dozen of my friends that listen to it, because I think it's cool to not just offer, like, insight and opinions on, you know, random stuff that I find interesting or, you know, critiques of things that have happened in the past, but in instances like this, to make a record for posterity um, for the future, uh, even if that future is just me, even if it's just kind of like a journal or a diary, But I think it's something that's neat that, you know, my should I ever, you know, adopt children or, you know, my plethora of cousins have any and I have some, you know, distant cousins or whatnot, that they can listen to it because this is, you know, obviously a world-defining moment. This is the biggest kind of plague or pandemic. I don't know if it's considered a plague. I don't know the difference. But it's the biggest pandemic since the 1918 Spanish flu like this could, it's a boat horn if you heard that, um, could reshape the way we do modern life in a lot of ways. And, you know, again, we don't know when it's going to end. But that said, um, I'm like six episodes behind now. And so what I'm planning to do, hopefully, is since we're on like day three or so of this like two-week like critical period that our the U.S. government is telling us we need to like buckle down, quarantine ourselves, work from home, all of that jazz. Um, it's going to be kind of make a lot of people in the next few weeks kind of stir crazy, even though, thank God, this isn't something that affects you being able to go outside, at least not in areas like where I'm at in Knoxville. So, yeah, again, obviously practice social distancing. Don't get more than like six feet to somebody, but you can go out and jog and enjoy the nice weather. Oh, I swear to God, if it's about to rain on me, um, you can enjoy the nice weather and stuff. So anyway, um, what I think I'm going to try to do, at least for the next two to three weeks, is basically have these pandemic special type episodes. Um, not Not in the sense that they're all about this pandemic, but in the sense that they are to help us get through this pandemic. Um, I'm going to try to keep them not all doom and gloom, obviously. I'd like to do maybe one or two on certain things about, like, um, plagues or viruses or stuff, just educational components. But I also just wanted to do these to, you know, again, help people get their minds off of things. So, basically, 
I'm going to try to do six or seven kind of mini episodes. And I might, depending on the topics I choose, do full-length episodes later on. So I may end up, you know, expanding on some of them. But I'm going to try to release an episode every other day for the next two to three weeks. Uh, Again, preferably just 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20, um, just to help get you through the pandemic. So anyway, so that's the the goal and the schedule with eventually it becoming a... um, either a bi-weekly podcast as in once every two weeks or ideally once a week again in the future but we'll see but I'm hoping to use this as a springboard to to go forward so you know I'll keep you updated so yeah every other day episode uh, mini episode to help us get through this pandemic but for this episode just enjoy me interviewing some of my roommates and friends about what this pandemic is doing for them personally in their daily lives, uh, how it's affecting them, uh, and what they are doing to kind of get through it, and what what it means to them to be living at this time, at this point in history. So yeah, this is just a, an episode of, of a couple of millennials living through a, a pandemic, a global pandemic in 2020, and um, yeah, so uh, in, enjoy as much as you can, and remember to stay safe and wash your hands. So I should mention two things about the interviews in this episode. Uh, there are three total. The first one is an interview with my roommate and good friend Jack, and our collective friend slash his girlfriend, Maddie. And then the second interview after that is with my good friend, Sarah. And because I am not currently going to my office and I'm recording these on my phone, I am doing minimal to no editing. So apologies in advance for the quality of sound or the lack of or weirdness of any sound transitions so anyway here's the first interview with jack and maddie and then after that the interview with sarah hello hello how are you good how are you great this is so fun that we're doing this finally we've been meaning to catch up for so long (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah well that's because we're both hermits um i know we are it's like it's just we just keep like passing each other in the night you know what i'm talking about like two ships sailing i'm so that it's, like, it's so it's so, i'm just so grateful we're finally getting to do this yeah we never hang out we never acknowledge each other in our own home we don't cause we're terrible roommates and that's why we work together. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so for people who are listening to this podcast, please tell them your name and what you do. <laughs> well, hello. My name is Jack Fernando. I'm a middle school history teacher. And you are also here in Knoxville. Yes, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I've been living here for the last seven years and I've been a teacher for the last three Cool. Um, so obviously your life has been very affected by this pandemic. Um, so what are some little details of how it, especially in probably the last week or so of developments, how has it changed your day-to-day life? So what's really kind of crazy is that, and I've been thinking about this even today as I've been just kind of around, is that it hasn't been 
too life-altering because I'm on spring break right now. So it wasn't really like the craziest of adjustments outside of like, I can't leave my house more than (laughs) I already probably wouldn't. Yeah. So um, I think it's really going to hit me hard on Monday when I don't have to go back into school. Correct. But what was was really the craziest thing for me and the kind of the most like emotionally memorable, I guess is a good way to say that was last Wednesday, I was talking to some of my students and we had this advisory class. So I always show them current events and they had the COVID-19 like update going on because it was worldwide by then. It just hadn't hit the United States. Yeah. And one of them was kind of freaking out a little bit and asking me like a lot lot of really good questions about it. Like who can catch it? Am I susceptible to do so? Like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And so that's kind of probably the most memorable thing is that there's just a lot of like uncertainty and fear even in students because they're getting a lot of their information from social media from like goofy social media things that we kind of take for granted like tiktok or twitter yeah. or instagram stuff that so, we know is like complete bullshit most of the time yeah stuff that we know it doesn't really hold a lot of like newsworthy credibility but at 13 you don't know that <laughs> yeah you think totally. like that is your that is your truth is tiktok which is kind of scary to say that out loud but like that's kind of what um, that's what we're living in right now is that is the truth of it yeah because when we were that yeah because when we were that age you know it's like oh no one's gonna believe tom on myspace like yeah no like no one's gonna be like man tom top eight friends to begin with who puts tom as your top eight what type of loser are you exactly (laughs) jack's like tom was seven of my top eight uh tom tom one tom two tom three (laughs) tom four tom five he was he was my top eight. That's fair. That's very fair. So what would you um, so what advice, I guess, would you give then to kind of Generation Z and people like teens and tweens about this pandemic? I would say go to the source for information. Don't go to like secondhand sources are good for analysis, but go to the source. Like if you see that that President Trump or like a Congress is giving an address watch it in its entirety and listen mm. intently and then rewatch because you have nothing but time on your hands right now. I know for a fact, like I got an email from my boss today that said, we're not even allowed to send home take home work for the next three weeks. So you have nothing but time. So take this time that you have to learn an analysis and think critically about it and do this tools that we've been trying to train you to trying to train you and give you for the last <laughs> three years. You've just been talking during yeah. to like use critically and not, walk in fear and all this because there is something so much greater to this whole thing good yeah no preach it that's awesome um yeah sorry i got on my soapbox for a second no you should it's a good soapbox um all right well now i will talk to miss maddie if she's still there hello i have not left yet oh good wonderful because you still have pizza to finish um right so yes so if you would kindly explain to the people listening your name and your place of work yeah, um, so I'm Maddie Major. Um, I am a recruiter for Dollywood, um, which is much different than teaching. <laughs> <laughs> but a learning um, experience every day. Yes, it is. And Dolly is queen for whoever is listening to this. Amen. Dolly is queen. Trend Saint of East Tennessee. <laughs> Yes, yes, truly. <laughs> so, yeah, so this obviously being a, you know, a theme park where a lot of people gather, like, has affected y'all. So how, how has this affected you so far working for Dollywood, and how do you think it's going to affect you all going into the next, you know, three weeks to a month and longer? 
Yeah. So, um, as people have seen, yeah, um, we are not due to actually open, um, our gates until, um, the 28th of March, um, which is two weeks later than, um, we were planning on opening, um, which is crazy. Um, so we actually, um, decided the day before, um, that we did not feel it was safe or appropriate, um, to have people on park, um, which obviously, um, has, a lot of effects um, for the staff um, as well sure. as um, just people in the area. Um, for me personally, um, I have been asked to work from home for the next two weeks, um, which has proved to be very interesting as a recruiter <laughs> um, because nobody is wanting to get hired to a place that may or may not open anytime soon. Um, and then, sure. Um, actually to brag on Dollywood um, and our company for a second, um, I'm actually getting paid to work 40 hours, even though there's not work for 40 hours. Um, oh, that's awesome. And the people that were scheduled to work um, that are our park employees are getting paid for what they were due um, oh. to work. So that's, that's really awesome. cool. Um, How many people's Dollywood employee again? Um, so <laughs> a lot. Um, so between, <laughs> between four properties, that's Dollywood Splash Country, Dreammore Resort and Dollywood Cabins. That's about 3000 people. Um, oh and so Dreammore, um, and the cabins are operating at a very low level. Um, okay. but all, obviously Splash Country and Dollywood are not open. Um, so yeah, it's been really crazy. Um, it's honestly a great, um, time to be very thankful um, to be with the Dollywood company, um, Good. for that reason. Um, but also, you know, it's just a scary time for us. Um, after the next two weeks, if this continues, um, we don't know what this looks like. Um, sure. we don't know, um, when, I mean, the proposed date is the 28th, but that just depends on how things go. Safety is a priority. Um, so if we're not able to open, we're just not, um, which is a concern for our people. Um, it's also a huge concern for um, Sevier County as a whole. I mean, we are a huge revenue money-making business. Um, so it's definitely going to have an impact um, on the unemployment rates and all of those things that are going on. So, um, yeah, it's been really crazy um, to try sure. to deal with it. So what would, you, what would your advice be for people then who – maybe aren't taking this virus seriously yet and want to, um, I guess, focus on their disappointment or their anger that, you know, their vacations have to be moved or their vacations have to be canceled. And I mean, obviously that's, that's no fun. And like you said, we, you know, we want to see something like Dollywood open because it's a, a, for us at least a local business mm -hmm. and, and employs a lot of like local people. But what would you say to people who are, not who don't really understand the depth of this pandemic and you know why some somewhere like Dollywood would need to close yeah I think my advice for that is this is a really cool time to look outside of ourselves um to the bigger picture um in the community um cool. because we do have a lot of people at Dollywood that are older um and as we've seen all over um the news and everything that is who is being affected the most um, yeah. And so, yeah, total bummer, but it's so much more of a bummer for this to continue um, and for things to get worse because we weren't being cautious, um, exactly. we being Dollywood. Um, and I would just take a time, take time to be 
with the ones that you love and love them well, obviously, if it's safe, um, and be in those groups of 10 and under. And I am such an extroverted social person. <laughs> so this is killing me, but I'm yes, so thankful. I'm so thankful for Dollywood and what we're doing um, to prevent that. And, you know, we can't have Dollywood if we don't have any employees to work it. Um, and that's what's important. And I know that sounds morbid, but that's what's important here. Yeah. So we can keep those people safe and healthy so that we can have a park and a great summer when all of this blows over. Um, so that would be my advice. Good. Ah, great advice. I love it. Uh, well, thank you all for talking with me. Happy. Is it today or I guess technically the, what's the date? Is it the 19th? Is y'all's six month it, anniversary? It is today. We've been dating for about 16 months. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Wait. did my math wrong. Six months. <laughs> Trust me. It feels like Three forever months? for all of us. It's been way too long. I've been along, <laughs> around much longer way than six months. Long. <laughs> That's fair. Well, enjoy your anniversary. Hopefully your present can be no more pandemic. Well, That's, let's, let's hope. That is my gift because it's comes in a nice little bow. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, well, thank y'all for talking to me and enjoy the rest of your pizza. Thank Anytime. you. All right. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Well, hi. This is cool. It is. It's very cool. And I have discovered that it is actually extremely good audio quality when you call through the app. Cool. So, so I might just start doing this. Um, anyway, hey, let's spend five minutes talking about the end of the world. Um, right. So if you don't mind, give me your full name and what you do for work and where you live. My name is Sarah Grace Mills. I am working as the director of a hot air balloon festival, and I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. In a super nice, like, what, 100-year-old house? It is lovely. We can't take credit for how nice it is, but it has been in my family since 1905. So, so it has already been through one global pandemic. <laughs> it literally has. Oh, my gosh. I did not like think about that. That is crazy. That's so funny. Oh man. Um, yes, party like it's nineteen eighteen. So how has the um pandemic so far affected your daily life? Uh it has affected it a lot, probably not <laughs> as much as a, as some people, but um because I work for a hot air balloon festival, I work for tourism and tourism is dead at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, no one's really traveling. No, 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 not at all. So I'm in a weird spot. Um, my festival is in late October. So okay. people who are not um, thinking that this is the end of the world think I'm going to be fine. I'm glasses half empty. I think, <laughs> I think it's not going to be fine. I think I'm out of a job. So. Sure. Well, and it's, I was just watching this, some, you know, it's, it's me. So it's, I like to get into the morbid stuff when it's happening to like stare it in the face. Some people are like, let's not talk about this at all. So naturally I just spent like a half hour watching YouTube videos on the Spanish flu. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, so something that, you know, is, I think we've talked about it. that worries me is just the fact that the Spanish flu, obviously they had a lot less, you know, knowledge and medical tech and stuff. So we're in a lot better position this time around, but still the fact that, 
the Spanish flu was basically around, came in three waves. And the first wave was like, you know, April-ish to mm-hmm. like August. And then people were like, oh, we're done. It's over. And then basically they just had a month off. And then like September through November, it killed like four times as many people. And so I'm just terrified that like we're going to get to that point where people are like, oh, yeah, it's September. Let's go to Bonnaroo. And then like all of Bonnaroo is dead. Like, <laughs> Oh, I'm certain that's what's going to happen. Um, I I. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a very optimistic podcast, so that's good. No, so I don't know if you saw this was just put out this week, but uh, the Imperial Imperial College. Oh yeah, we've been, been talking about that study. Fantastic, good. Okay. Yeah. So if so, let me say real quick since this is an an interview, so it feels weird because we're not just talking to each other. Right. So for for people who don't know, Imperial College, which I think is in London, they had released this report, and I'm convinced that this is why Trump suddenly was like, "Oh, I should take this serious. It's not a Democratic hoax." Um, really? Is because <laughs> is <laughs> is because they ran um, really respected. Um, university and they ran these models and basically their models said that if we took no action whatsoever that up to four million americans could die Uh and that even and that even if and something that my um roommate's girlfriend pointed out is that this was just direct deaths from um covid19 it wasn't related deaths in the sense of if the hospital gets overwhelmed and then somebody gets shot or has a car accident and they can't get into the er like this is four million people dead from this uh, pandemic and that even if we were to do kind of if we were to half ass it it would still be like two million and that basically the like quote half ass version is like what we're currently doing is it's <laughs> it's still saying there could be up to two million people dead so we legitimately need to like go on china level lockdowns if we're gonna nip this thing in the bud oh but we won't <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we're we're such confident people um it's great um you gotta have a little bit of morbidity in it i guess um so what so what would you say because you and i are obviously very into uh i don't want to make it sound crazy it's not that we're into prepping as much as we don't necessarily believe in a half full glass view of the world. So we've been preparing like for, you know, since like at least January for this, Um, even if it's just buying some ramen and soup and toilet paper. And in your case, like what was it like a ball peen hammer for your car to escape from a lake or something? (laughs) Thank you for telling me, Andrew. Thank you. So, hey, hey, I think it's wonderful. But also, I learned recently, I mean, because as you said, it's good general preparedness. I think I sent you the text the other day when I was at Target. I went ahead and bought a shit ton of, like, D batteries and um, a, like, an LED, like, camping camping lamp staring at me at the grocery store i'm not gonna lie they're waiting for me <laughs> no really and it's just one of those my roommates were like why would the power go out and i'm like have you seen contagion have you seen the walking dead like you know i'm not saying and i don't want it to but this gets you thinking you know like oh there are certain guidelines that really smart people like the cdc or fema say you should always have x y and z just for a general yeah. emergency and i realized i had I none of it thing. yes <laughs> like other than maybe a few things of ramen and totino's pizzas because i get lazy and want to eat crap sometimes but not because <laughs> there's an emergency so um so yeah so like we've been kind of prepping and and whatnot but what I guess what have you noticed in your trips out to get supplies? What do people seem to be 
um, hoarding and what do people seem to not be getting that you wish more people would think about like, Oh, maybe you should buy this other than like, you know, something silly like toilet paper. Yeah. Cause like, you know what I mean? Cause like obviously the hand sanitizer and stuff is gone, but like something that like I had thought about was like, again, not necessarily directly related to the pandemic, but it made me realize like, Oh, we didn't have ibuprofen or band-aids. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you asked me that today because I actually went out around, it's three-ish now. I went around noon out to um, the grocery store and I was going to Three Rivers right down the street. I yeah to Wesley, my husband, for a couple days about this 25 pound of black, like 25 pound bag of black beans that has been staring at me. <laughs> I have deeply wanted it, but it's $45 and it's oh, God. nice, local, organic, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> and I have been like, Wesley, like, I can't find dry beans anywhere. And we are like 98% vegetarian, so we eat a lot of beans. Yeah. So really irritating to me. I get it, but it's really annoying to me that all the beans are gone because I don't that. I just think they're going to sit in people's pantries, but I actually sure. like those. But anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I yesterday went in there and my, my bag was there and I kind of touched it and said, I'll come back for you when I can convince Wesley, you know? So I convinced <laughs> him last night and I went out today and it wasn't there anymore. Oh, wow. And I actually, um, was really sad. Like had to go to my car <laughs> in a minute. Cause I was like, my bag of beans that I have been like telling you bag of beans I'm coming for you wait for me you know we'll be together it's gone <laughs> so I spent the next two hours I was like I'm now I'm done like now if I can't have black beans I'm gonna find some black beans so I have, <laughs> I took two hours I went to three different dollar generals because I thought you know they actually have a lot of groceries at the dollar general I would highly recommend oh yeah for sure um <laughs> I did find some kidney beans, which I snagged those right up. I finally found one tiny bag of black beans at a random sketchy food city, but they were organic and very expensive. But you know what? I was so committed to black beans. I got them. And <laughs> good. I get it. I did buy some canned black beans. Those are still out there, but I'm like a purist and I want dried. So anyways, um, sure. that's a trend I've noticed is obviously the perishables. Um, yeah personal for me that all the beans are gone because beans are our protein and bean it's, it's it's a really smart thing to stock up on so i'm actually not saying saying you should not do that but other things that people haven't considered stocking up on um let's see i i mm, okay so here's one um popcorn like kernels dry kernels of popcorn and stuff like okay. that i I have noticed, so I went to, can you hear my dog barking? <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. Right. Sorry about that. Um, I went to Three Rivers, and the popcorn was totally full, and I was like, Wesley, do you want me to get you some popcorn? He's like, no, it's fine, because it's totally full, and I was like, it won't be. It won't be, because when people are, um, when people are bored in their houses, and yeah. watch a lot of television they are going to want to i'm gonna go outside because i think wesley got home and she's too excited um people are gonna want to snack while they you know netflix and don't die there was half a cup of popcorn 
Oh. Oh, hello, Sarah. You're cutting out. Uh oh. Oh, there you are. Keep talking. Hello. Is this working again? It is now. Sorry, not weird. Uh <laughs> Continue. So you're just saying people would need like popcorn and stuff to not go crazy while they're quarantined. Just like things that like comforting things. Um, I think sure. it's something to think about. So is comforting for you. Actually, like I've noticed that ice cream is still pretty plentiful. And I know it's like a silly thing, but um, if we are going to end up being cooped up for a long time, just some of the comfort foods. Um, yeah are important obviously medical supplies basic things like band-aids maybe fire extinguishers a lot of people don't know how to cook at home so maybe get a fire <laughs> they're at home depot. <laughs> funny um but yeah no you're right because it, it's like it's part of your psychological health if you and again we're lucky to where it's not like a pandemic where it's like it's in the air you can't go outside so as long as the weather's nice and you're social distancing like you can still go to the park and stuff but, uh, but yeah, this general not being able to go to the movies or the mall or stuff like that, it might start to drain on people. So, like, something I keep joking about is, you know, half of the time I'm like, oh, I need to build up my immune system and, and buy only, you know, this, like, plant-based, healthy, protein-rich food and exercise more. And then the other half of the time I'm like, well, if it's the end of the world, I need my Nutella and Pringles. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did both buy yesterday. Um, so... So, yeah, I think that's good advice to get the comfort food. Um, yeah, it's getting crazy out there. So are you worried at all? I'll say this and we can get off here. But are you worried at all of, in running out of foodstuffs that suit your very um, – how do I say this for the internet? Very – very, <laughs> very unique, unfortunately unique diet? Yeah. Um, so I'm – I eat plant-based, which AKA vegan. So I eat vegan and gluten-free. So I'm the worst person but to cook for. But also <laughs> partly it's like not out of any like weird moral religious stuff. It's because your body rejects yeah. good, delicious yeah. food. I like, I sleep at night now because I do this. So I'll take it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Yes and no. No, I'm not too worried because the healthy foods. So what I've been doing, oh, I would recommend people do this actually. Um, you can, this is a great time to look into a farm share. So I oh. get my vegetables from a farmer and there's a central pickup location that I meet him at once a week. And um, the one I use is called um, Garden Delivery CSA. Okay. And it's more than the grocery store but what I like about that is that I have fresh local produce and um it um sorry I basically it, it hasn't been touched by and coughed on by the world you know it's been touched <laughs> by yeah so as long as they keep doing that, I feel like I won't need to go to the grocery. It would be very boring right now, but I literally have – okay, don't judge me because I know it's not recording. I promise I'm honestly not. I really love the Asian supermarket uh, out okay. in West Knoxville. 
Sunrise. Oh, the one, the, the one by um Sonic and Books a Million. Yes, Sunrise, and they yeah. have so much rice. Now I don't, I haven't been there in like two or so weeks, so I don't know where they're at right now. But um, I usually buy our rice in twenty five pound bags, anyways, and I buy different kinds of rice, like brown rice, white rice, sushi rice, basmati, sure. that kind of thing. So I probably have seventy five to one hundred pounds of rice right now, <laughs> <laughs> and that's gluten free. So if I can make sure I have my beans and rice and my garden delivery, then I will, you know, we'll make it for quite a while. Um, I have frozen. I don't know. I I think we're okay. But I also, I don't know if you're going to talk more about the study later on in this podcast, but because I think this will last 12 to 18 months, um, I have long-term concerns for the supply chain. So I guess we'll just see what it looks like. Yeah. Take it, take it day by day. Yeah, I'll try to. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for chatting with me. I will uh, get this spliced together and hopefully get Please. it out to the interwebs okay. soon. <laughs> My dogs. Enjoy, enjoy your, your dogs and your day, and hopefully the uh, Hot Air Balloon Festival still happens in the fall. Okay. Oh, in other news, you'll find this really exciting, but I'm, I'm going to not use names because it's to remain anonymous, but I have a friend who's currently in quarantine because they came into contact with COVID. Wait, you're in town? Yes. Oh, friggin' Jesus. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Knoxville. Yep. So just FYI, I'm not going to use names. Have um, you been in contact with this person? That person? That's a good question. <laughs> you should probably think about this. I'm trying. Last, la- early last week, so I guess it depends. I'm not sure when this person came into contact. I'm waiting on a response. We'll see. Oh. Keep me updated uh, in private chat so I can know what to do. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right, have fun. I'll talk to you later. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed those little interviews. I hope you're staying safe and clean and practicing your distancing from society but also when you can enjoying um, the weather if it's good for you and just making sure that you have a sense of camaraderie with your fellow man Um, we'll get through it we'll get through it together and hopefully part two of this series will be down in the next day or two and then if there's a part three a day or two after that again hoping that every other day I have an episode so you guys can get through this pandemic so i'll see you guys in a day or two hang tight and i hope that you can find something positive about today that you find super cool